Welcome back to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Jay Sohoda, Zach Chevy. It was not the week one we had hoped for as the Niners drop game one of the 2022 season 19-10 in a very ugly affair against the Chicago Bears in week one. Penalties were the story. 12 penalties for 99 yards. It was not pretty and not a good way to kick off the Trey Lance era. We will discuss that game, talk about what went wrong for the Niners, what they got to do better. We'll also talk about some individual standouts, including a big performance from Talanoa Hofunga and others. Trey Lance, we'll talk about his performance as well, and then we'll look ahead to the Niners. Seahawks home opener at Levi Stadium in week two. It's a big must-win game for the Niners. We'll talk about that as well. So keep a lot. And don't forget to give the 49 Away podcast a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Welcome back to another episode of the 49 Away podcast. Faithful, Jay Sahoda, Zach Chevy. Week one is in the books. I know we didn't get to it last week to preview the Bears-Niners matchup, but we're here to recap. And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of good things to talk about, but... That's the NFL. That's how it is. And every given Sunday, you never know what's going to happen. There were quite a few surprises throughout the league this weekend, but none other than our 49ers losing to the Chicago Bears 19-10 to in the Soldier Slugfest, Soldier Splash Pad, Soldier Swimming Pool, whatever the hell you want to call it. And guess what? Lucky for us, Chevy was at the Soldier Splash Pad on Sunday and luckily, he's here, alive and well. And I'm just going to take it, Chevy, that you're probably not going to a water park anytime soon after after dealing with that for, for three hours. Yeah, you know what? I think I had my fair share of wetness and water and rain and all that stuff was Sunday. You know, woke up. It, we knew it was going to rain. We didn't know how much it was going to rain. Uh, we were going to go to the game, you know, buy ponchos there. Thankfully, someone in the elevator was like, go to Walgreens, get a poncho there. So we went right to Walgreens. We walked in and these two Niner fans were like, aisle 13, that's where you want to go. So we're like, all right, go to aisle 13, grab our ponchos, buy our ponchos. And then we're waiting for the Uber to the stadium. And as we're waiting for the Uber, about 20 to 30 Niners fans, some Bears fans walk in. And every time they walk in, we look at them and we're like, you want to go to aisle 13? And they're all like, thank you, go to aisle 13. It was probably one of the funniest things in the world that I was just there being the basically the attendant the tenant telling them where uh, the ponchos were because everyone was going to grab a poncho because it was going to be a rainy day and the rain was ridiculous man at this from the start to the end there it was probably one of the rainiest days I've ever seen or the, the most I ever stood outside in the rain too and yeah the start of the game it was just rain 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 and then as the game went on you know it started to get a bit better and I thought okay you know maybe it'll ease up and then right when the fourth quarter hit, it was the biggest downpour I've seen in a while. And it really ruined the Niners' momentum. And ultimately, we saw a disappointing loss. But at the same point, I had a ton of fun. And, you know, I'm very glad I got to see the Niners play. To say the least, I think that would be a, an extremely memorable first oh, 49ers yeah. game for you, my guy. I mean, that... No, no kidding. Like I, that fourth quarter downpour, I was like, okay, we're trying to make a comeback. I was trying to stay content. And it's like the more calm I was, 
the harder it rained. And I'm like, okay, the, we're not going to finish this. Up. Like, there's this is not happening. And the minute Lance threw a pick, and then Herbert scored that touchdown, I was like, okay, now it's over. And it just started raining harder and harder. It was might as well have just been a 12 on 11 with the rain being a Bears player. Like, it just, it was ridiculous. Like, I have not seen weather like that in a while. Like, I know the Washington game back in 2019. I was about to say, that's exactly what it reminded me yeah, of. That, that Washington, was that 9 nothing game. That was pretty bad, except it wasn't, like, a full-out downpour in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Like, it was just, it rained a lot early on in the game. And, and because Washington's field is so trash that, like, it just stayed muddy for the whole game. I think last year's game against the Colts, could also be up there. That one was pretty brutal, but I still don't think it was as bad as that fourth quarter on uh, on Sunday. That was just absolutely it, atrocious. It was ridiculous. By the fourth quarter, the entire field was like was a swamp. You could barely see the grass or whatever they call grass. You could only see wetness, and it was probably one of the most ridiculous things I ever see saw. But what an experience it was, man. Oh, no doubt. I mean, they got, got to the point where, like, you, you couldn't even, like, from on TV, you couldn't even see what was happening. Like, the camera was just full of, like, raindrops. It was it was insane. But, you know, to the actual game itself, like, I mean, it, it was – that's not the way you want to start the season. It I mean, difficult. I know you – know, oh, no doubt. It was extremely difficult. The first half looked really good. The defense was great. I thought Trey Lance did a lot of great things, made a lot of really nice throws. And then in the second half, it just, they just weren't able to get anything going. I don't, like, I really don't understand, like, what happened there in that second half. But I think, obviously, it goes to show you the penalties were so bad. Like, you can't do, and I kind of highlight Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Alshire. Dre, I think, got called for two or three of them. Aziz got called for one in that second half. You can't do that. Like, you can't, if Justin Fields is sliding, I know that's their mentality to attack and they're downhill players, but you can't do that. Justin Fields is running out of bounds. No need to give him the extra like nudge to the shoulder. There's no need when Justin Fields is sliding to lie on top of him and hit him hard again. Like you're going to get called for a flag every single time. And I don't understand why like D'Amico Ryan's better be on their ass because you can't do that. And it cost us big time down the stretch there because some of those were third and longs. And now all of a sudden you're looking at first and 10 because the Bears offense was horrible. The Niners defense allowed the Bears second opportunities and the Bears took advantage of those second opportunities. Yeah, the biggest difference was definitely the penalties in the game. I believe we had close to 10 penalties for over 100 yards. It was, we kept the Bears in the game with these penalties and it was ridiculous. And because of these penalties, like it really changed the game. The offense, you know, it, it was hit or miss. Lance had some nice plays. Lance had some not nice plays. But you know what? It was really the penalties that killed us. The defense was doing great until the penalties. And I would argue, like, so the two the two biggest factors, A, the penalties, and then the second biggest was that first play fumble by Depot. Agreed. If, if Debo did not fumble there, I feel like we had the momentum. We could have scored. That would have definitely changed the outcome of the game. It's 7 nothing right off the bat. Maybe the offense gets going and stuff like that. You never know what happens. But that first fumble really changed the momentum of the game. And uh, the offense really couldn't get clicking after that. Ayuk had one big play, and then after that kind of shied away. 
losing Elijah Mitchell hurt a lot too, man. Like that, that, that's going to be a big loss the entire season. I don't know exactly what we're going to do. I mean, Jeff Wilson will definitely be in the mix. Uh, TDP and Jordan Mason will be in the mix, but the number one guy for the Niners, you saw it last game. You saw it all of last year. It's Debo Samuel. He Mm -hmm. will be RB one. Sure. He's a wide receiver as well, but he will be RB one for the team. Lance had 13 carries, which was ridiculous. He's going to probably get a lot of carries too. So I'm not too concerned, but losing Elijah Mitchell was tough. Oh, no doubt. It's, it's, it it really hurts because Elijah Mitchell was like he was so electric when he was there last year, and I was so excited to get him back and to have him go down early in that game. It's it's unfortunate. It's like the Niners just cannot catch a break with having a healthy running back. Like they literally can't have a healthy running back for the absolute life of them. Mostert did not last half last last year in week one. Elijah Mitchell doesn't even last a quarter in week one of this year, and now he's gone for two months. That's just, it's just, it's just brutal, man. Like, you don't know what else to tell you, but, you know, this is usually what happens is somebody goes down, somebody steps up, and that's kind of Kyle Shanahan's offense. That's kind of the philosophy that they've been in, and whether it's TDP or Jordan Mason, Jeff Wilson, Marlon Mack, who we just signed today, I think that was a great move to add some extra depth there. I think Marlon Mack is a good running back, and I think he'll feed anybody will feast in this offense. So somebody's got to take advantage here. And the Niners have been really high on Jordan Mason. We'll see if he gets a lot of carries um, going into Sunday's game against the Seahawks. But no doubt, that was brutal, man. Absolutely, the penalties twelve for ninety nine yards, just brutal, man. And you know the offensive line didn't look very good either. McGlinchey didn't look good. Aaron Banks struggled. It was. Just all around, it was not a great performance against a poor team. And I'm really hoping that they're able to, you know, get their stuff together because the defense fell apart. The offense, it was just all together as a team. It just, you know, it looked good. And then it just, it, you know, they weren't able to finish. Yeah, they had their moments, especially on offense. There was moments where Trey looked great. Trey's deep ball is ridiculous, man. Like he, there was some times like when he hit IU for that 31 yarder, I was blown away i was like okay this guy is the real deal he has the arm he hit jj for a 44 yard bomb yeah there was a couple guys where he overshot them but if they were fast enough they would have been a touchdown like i i think lance is the real deal there with that arm accuracy probably needs to get a bit more accurate probably has to do better at reading his progressions and yes the o-line definitely needs a little bit of help that right side with mcglinchy and banks did not look good at all uh, there, that's why we got a couple sacks that probably forced the interception as well. Uh, there's stuff to improve on. Yes, the rain was a major factor, but you can't blame the rain for everything. The Bears were able to score 19. Sure, it wasn't a lot, but it was against probably a much tougher defense than the Niners defense. Yes, we bailed them out, but you know it, we can't use the rain as an excuse. There was a lot of sloppy plays in there. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was as terrible as people are making it out to be. Uh, Lance not getting a touchdown at all was kind of surprising. I thought he'd get at least a rushing touchdown. But again, with the way the O-line's going, you don't necessarily want to call those uh, quarterback draws, which they did a couple of times, because you don't want your quarterback getting injured and getting in those uh, two-yard scenarios just for him to snap his ankle or something like that. So Exactly. It's, it's going to be difficult. I'm excited to see how they – you know, bounce back next week if they bounce back. 
But uh, yeah, especially like the in the air, man. He, he, everyone was talking about Brandon Ayuk, and you saw it originally with that 31-yard play. I think it was in the first quarter that they made it, and then he kind of faded away from Brandon Ayuk. Debo had very little work in the uh, like as a wide receiver. He had most of his work as a running back, which Debo looked great as a running back. Keep using Debo as a running back. He averaged six and a half yards per 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 uh, uh, rush. And that's just ridiculous, man. And he's going to continue getting work there. But if George Kittle's back, which he did not return to practice today, so that's not necessarily looking great. He's someone I think we're missing a lot of. He's someone where you're looking at your progressions. He's the guy that can just pick up the ball and get a couple extra yards for you. And he's a safety blanket right there. So missing him was really massive. But, yeah, the offense as a whole – sloppy in general I, I there's a lot of plays that looked good but you can't have just those plays that looked good you got to get the rhythm going and the routine going and that's something I hope they can do in Seattle yeah no absolutely it was again when you look at Trey's performance and I know he's getting a lot of crap for it, which is so unnecessary because and no doubt for the whole team's performance absolutely you can't blame the rain for everything you can't blame the rain for penalties I'm sorry that's on you however for Trey Lance trying to make a comeback in the second half, it yeah. doesn't make it any easier. Like, it's hard to throw the football when it's pouring rain. A little bit of rain? Okay, sure. But that was, like, heavy, heavy rain. Like, that was no joke. And it's very hard to make a comeback, let alone throw a football in that kind of weather where it's, you know, it's wet and it's hard to throw and then it's not going to be accurate. It's it's very difficult to do that. So I definitely give him... Um, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that. But you look at the, everyone else, right? The run game was never really established. It was kind of all over the place where right? you had Trey do his thing in the run game. Like you mentioned, Debo with his run game. I'm glad that they made that known that he's going to be the wide back to start there. There was so much discussion throughout the offseason. I'm glad that's clearly, here we go. We're using Debo the same way we did last year. My only worry with that, and again, it's not going to matter because Debo's so damn explosive that it doesn't matter if you put it on tape or not. Debo is just that good that he'll make a play out of anything. But now teams expect it. So that's the only thing where last year it was like, whoa, all of a sudden they're using Debo same on the run game. It's unstoppable. Now it's on tape. Nice. And I noticed the Bears anticipated that a decent amount of times. And I was like, okay, now the problem is now it's on tape. So now when they got Debo with the backfield, the defenses know what to expect. But again, Debo's so explosive that you can still use it and it and it doesn't matter. But who who's going to step up in the run game? That's my question. And I know somebody's going to do it. Just who's going to do it? Because we need someone to establish the run this Sunday because that's going to set up the whole offense. And then when you look at the passing game, like you said, Jawan Jennings led the team with four catches and 62 yards, but B.A. didn't really get anything going. Debo didn't get anything going. And then, like you said, the loss of George Kittle was huge. It was it was massive, and not just in the blocking game, but obviously in the passing game as well. Not having him was big. And the thing with George Kittle, man, like, I love the dude, but how many times are we going to keep doing this with this guy? Like, I know some people have brought it up, not everybody. I know it's the beginning of the year and blah, blah, blah. But, like, for real, though, like, how many times are we going to do this with George Kittle? Yeah, I, too often, man. I mean, every year it seems like there's at least one thing that's going to keep him out three to five weeks. And uh, this is three really, straight years, Chevy. It's three, three straight. straight. Years. And and you know, you pay him big money. You expect him to be healthy. You expect him to be there when he's there. He's probably, if not the best, one of the best tight ends in the league. 
But the question is, when is he going to be there? Is he going to be there? And that's something that you don't want at your tight end. And quickly uh, backtracking, as you were talking about the fourth quarter, once it hit like the seven minute mark and we had uh, to come back and it was the like the terrible downpour uh, I knew for a fact like, it was just an unfair way to get Trey going the people were losing their footing on routes the ball was slipping out of Trey's hand it, it was an unfortunate situation so I do give him the benefit of the doubt other than the uh, sloppy offense in the first couple uh quarters though yeah that's what I'm saying there's one thing for Trey that I was really impressed about before the downpour happened Trey did an excellent job of converting on third down I was very impressed because as a young quarterback, that's one of the biggest things. And Trey was moving the ball. I, you know what I'm saying? I guarantee you, maybe we still would have lost if there wasn't a downpour in the fourth quarter, but I think we would have made it a game. Like it would have been 1917 or something or 1916 or something like that. Like I think we would have been able to move the ball better because Trey was converting in the first half, whether it was with his legs or if it was with his arm, he was able to convert third downs. And I was really impressed. There was one third down where he was under a lot of pressure, somehow shook off the pressure, stepped up in the pocket, and dove for a first down. I was like, now that is why we have to do things like that and make something out of nothing. But that's the thing. is Again, it's, it, was a, it was a really, really tough atmosphere for Trey to go out there. And this is now three straight starts for Trey Lance that have been very, not ideal circumstances, if that. Right. Yeah, his first start at Arizona, undefeated early in the season as a rookie, right? Not ideal at all. And I don't think George Kittle played in that game either. Not ideal at all. Then his second start comes late in the year with a playoff berth on the line against the Texans. Not an ideal scenario to put him in there. Yet Trey goes out there and ends up figuring it out and they end up winning the game. Still not an ideal situation. This year, week one, now he's the full-time starter. He's at all offseason. And then what happens, there's a hurricane in Chicago that day. So Trey has had the odds have been against him in three straight starts now. And um, apparently the forecast is supposed to be rainy, of course, at Levi Stadium on, on Sunday against Seattle. So I'm hoping that's not the case. And Trey can just go out there and just, and just ball out and just be himself because this offense needs him to be. And the Niners need to be like, I to sit here and be like, we it's a must-win game, but I'm sorry. It is 110% it's a must-win game, and every single person here with that sense of urgency on Sunday because we, if we lose to Seattle, oh, boy, it's going to be a long-ass week next week. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, again, we didn't have a, the greatest start last year. I think we were 3-5 and five going into the season. Oh, and everyone yeah. was in but we started 2-0, and and though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, we did start 2-0, and but we... The three and five was the big picture. Everyone was in panic mode, and then we ended up making it to the NFC Championship game. So, again, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, but we should really start, and we should really pick it up, especially against the Seahawks next week. And the biggest uh, shock of it all, week one, is the Seahawks uh, is the one team with a win in the NFC West, which no one would have expected. Let's yeah, not yeah. even talk about it. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up as a you know an NFC West Niners podcast. I thought we should bring it up. And right before we transition to the defense, I want to talk a little bit about Chicago's offense and really the one touchdown that hurt the most. And it was don't the Dante don't say Dante oh, you fifty-one had to say. yard dagger. That one broke my heart. Had when to he bring caught it, it. It was such a like 
Shanahan revenge touchdown. And, and you know, I really did like Dante Pettis when he was here, especially that one year's rookie year. He did really well, and then he was in Shanahan's doghouse and could never get out of it. So I, I'm happy for Dante Pettis, but that one hurt a lot. Literally thought this guy was still on the Giants. I had no idea this guy was on the Bears. And the minute the announcer said, Dante Pettis, I was like, huh? I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Out of all the damn players, not Darnell Moody, not St. Brown, not Cole Komet. No, it's got to be freaking Dante Pettis. Not David Montgomery. It's got to be Dante Pettis that scores a touchdown. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, of course, of course it does. But no, no, no doubt. I mean, it's uh, uh I mean, the like I said, the Bears took advantage of the thing. Justin Fields played good, like he he showed his talented side, but the Bears' offense still was not good. Like it's just, it's just an ugly, ugly game. And I, and yeah, but before we get to the defense, real quick, it's like the reason why I say this loss was so bad is because when you look at our schedule and you got. Broncos, Rams, Chiefs, Chargers, Saints, Bucks, Dolphins. Like, you can't afford a loss like that against Chicago. Like, my only worry is that we're going to get to week 12 and it's like Niners are six and four, six and five, and, you know, on, you know, trying to fight for a wild card spot. And you look back at it and you're like, if the Niners will make the playoffs by like one game, and you're like, wow, all we needed to do was beat the Chicago Bears on opening day and we couldn't do it. That's my only worry when it comes to a game like that. Yeah, again, I I put it down to the penalties and the weather overall. But again, we'll have to see with week two. Was this uh, is this going to be a constant problem? Facts. Or is this a week one? Let's wash it off. Don't think about it. And as you mentioned about the run game. Yes, there was no one establishing the run fully, but we, the Niners still had 176 yards on the ground, mm-hmm. which is a large number. You know, some teams you don't even see, like the Bears, they didn't even hit 100. They hit 99. So yep. 176, yes, they spread the love, which Shanahan loves to do, but it was a decent amount on the ground. But enough with the offense. Let's move over to the defense. And I've been talking about this guy for the last Talanoa Hofunga. Yes, sir. He is by far the defensive star of the game. And honestly, like I couldn't, you couldn't, if you told me this guy was a 10-year vet, I'd believe you. He would just making play after play after play. I kept on looking down and I was like, was that Huff again? And my God, it was 11 total tackles. And that beautiful pick. I mean, this guy, whether the ball was in the backfield or if it was a pass, he was everywhere. And honestly, like I, it was such a nice sight to see see Huff take over this defense and really be a leader in this defense. That's exactly why John Lynch took him. John Lynch probably mm-hmm. saw a little bit of himself in Tylenol Hofunga when he scouted him. I think I knew it right away when we drafted him. Like I, I, I've been saying I'm using the comparison, and I know because he worked out with him. But I'm like, I see a lot of Troy Polamalu in this kid. And he showed it on Sunday. Like, that was an impressive first day as the starter for Talanoa Hafunga. And he showed it straight up. Like, no offense. I know everyone's like, oh, maybe we should bring Joukowsky Tart back, blah, blah. Dude, Joukowsky Tart was was good. But what Talanoa Hafunga did on Sunday was great. Mm -hmm. Like, that was really, really impressive. He was everywhere. And you can use him in so... Like, he fits... D'Amico Ryan's defense perfectly like in so many he's so versatile he 
flies everywhere. Literally, you like you there wasn't a single defensive play that you didn't see 29 in the vicinity. He was everywhere. Really, really impressive performance from Hofunga. And I thought the deep front played a good game too. And then it just it literally just collapsed for the whole year. I thought Charvarius Ward had a good debut. I was really mm-hmm. impressed with him as well. I thought overall, like I said, this defense looked elite in that first half. And then I don't know what that if I had to chop it up to one thing, it was it was the penalties. And then it almost seemed like once the Bears scored that for once Dante Pettis got that first touchdown. That's kind of when the Niners were like, oh shit. And then the pick happened, and then they're backed up on their own 10, and it, they just weren't able to recover from there. It was a tough one, a really tough day at the office for the defense because they were playing so well. It was literally the tale of two halves. They're playing the first half was like, damn, we're going to have a good, like, we're going to be in every game with this defense. And I still feel that way with our defense. We're going to be in every game because this defense is so damn good. But our offense has got to do something to produce. Like, this is now four straight games that we have not been able to produce over 23 points. Going back to the wild card game. 23, 13, 17, and then 10. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, yeah. we got to do something here to, to drop. Like, I want to see 30 points on the board on Sunday against the Seahawks. Yeah, that would be nice. I'd rather see. I, I'm gonna go with a win first before I say thirty. Oh, points. of let's, course, no let's doubt. Try but, like, to win, but I know what you mean. We but like, am I gonna bet on Geno Smith for. dropping thirty? I don't think so. No, no, definitely. And so the thing about this defense, I mean, yes, the penalties killed us. And if it wasn't for the penalties, like this defense is different, man. One guy I really have to highlight. I know Hofunga was everywhere. Like what? Like there were so many times where they handed the ball off, and it was Huff getting the tackle, and I'm like, this guy was just in the in the secondary, and I, he ran forward and got him. And it was crazy. But the guy I really have to highlight on the defensive line, Samson Ebukam, man. Like, yeah. who would have thought when we signed him last year? We were like, oh, he may be a bit overplayed, but he's actually been a great compliment to uh, Nick Bosa. And oh, yeah. uh, that first sack, Ebukam got that first sack. He was right there. He, he probably had the better matchup because everyone was worried about Nicky B. And, uh, no, he looked pretty good. He had a couple tackles for losses. Uh, and, you know, it, it, I, I just really think he's someone to watch this season, especially if Nick Bosa is healthy the entire time. But, yeah, the, the quarterbacks – so much improved having a a real number one in Charvarius Ward. I felt so comfortable. And Eman, I didn't notice Eman one bit, which is exactly what you want to do if you're a cornerback. If no one notices you, it's because they're not targeting you because you're covering your man. And they did big props to Eman. Yeah, he he was rarely a part of the play because he was always on in tight coverage. So, yeah, big props to E-Man. I really think this defense is special, man. Other than the penalties, the penalties really screwed us over. No, Dad, it was also really good to see Javon Kinlaw back as well. I know he left briefly yeah. due to an ankle injury, and I was like, no freaking way already. And then he came back, and I was like, thank God, because we we really need that dude to stay healthy. We need everybody to stay healthy. Like this, I know people are going to get dinged up here and there. People are going to miss a few games, and you know, we're already without Jimmy Ward. But... You know, if we can stay for the majority of it, if our defense can stay healthy, we're going to be a problem. And you got to keep it up. Like you said, Emmanuel Mosley was solid. Charverius Ward was fantastic. The Bears didn't complete a single pass receiver the entire first half. That should tell you enough, like in a nutshell right there, of what our defense did. That We shut them out in the first half. I don't know what the hell happened in the second half. It was just the second half was just a nightmare. 
Now you say the whole game. No, literally it was the set. The first half was fantastic. You couldn't ask for anything better in the first half except for probably the Debo fumble. That was probably the only thing in the first half that I could highlight and be like, I wish that didn't happen. Other than that, first half was great. Second half was just an absolute nightmare. Like it was just like what whatever could go wrong went wrong in that second half. But yeah, you know. no, I, I get it. And on defense, we were, were talking about Hafunga, but the person who started next to Hafunga, which I don't think either of us predicted to start or no, had a, like not, not even an eyelash, and it was Tashawn Gibson. Yeah, he he was solid too. I mean, yep. he had a couple tackles. He was playing good. At, uh, covering the second man, being there for double coverage. And you know what? Like, again, Jimmy Ward's going to be out for a bit. I, I don't think uh, anyone's challenging Gibson for that starting role yet. And I think he deserves it after his performance. So, again, the penalties killed us on defense. But other than that, I think we played a pretty darn near perfect defensive game, except for the Dante Pettis touchdown. That one was really bad with blown coverage. But that was also... A lot of it has to be said, like, give a bit of props to Justin Fields. Second-year quarterback, has a terrible offensive line, very little weapons to use, and he made it work. His legs were phenomenal. He was wheeling and dealing. He was getting out of the pocket. He made that Dante Pettis play by getting out of the pocket, draw, draw, drawing in a lot of the man, and then because of that, Dante Pettis was wide open. I saw it, and I was like, oh, no, this is going to happen, and then he scored the touchdown. And, as brutal as it was, Justin Fields deserves a lot of credit for that. Oh, absolutely. And um, I it's, I like that you highlighted Tayshawn Gibson because I'm not even going to lie to you. I thought George Odom was starting the whole time until I saw 31. And I was like, what the? I was like, I'm so confused. I saw 31 and I'm like, Moster, Dante Whitner. I was like, who the hell is 31? Then I realized it was Tayshawn Gibson. I was like, oh, I was like, I didn't realize he was starting his safety. But that's exactly what you want in a veteran that you signed two weeks before the season to come in in case of an injury and to start right away. And Gibson did a great job filling in, like you said. So I, I was very impressed. I thought Tarverius Moore would have got the start or George Odom. And next thing you know, it's Tayshawn Gibson. And I think, I think they made a good call. Gibson's a seasoned vet. He's been in the league for a while now and came in and did a heck of a job in his first week. So that's, that's a good call, but, We'll see what this defense can do next week. I think that's, you know, the big thing there. So, I mean, kind of looking ahead to next week's game against the Seahawks, Niners will open the season at home in week two in their home opener against the Seahawks, 405 Eastern time, 105 Pacific. And when you look at the NFC West right now, the only thing that I can say as brutal as losing to the Bears in week one was, the rest of the NFC West also shit the bed. So, like, yeah. you know what? It's like I can sit here confidently and be like, you know what? It's really not the end of the world because the Rams looked awful on Thursday night in their opener. The Cardinals looked even worse. Like, the Chiefs did whatever they wanted, and that was without Tyreek Hill. That was damn impressive. But, like, I would have expected a little more effort from the Cardinals, and it was like, I checked the score at one point. It was like 30-7. to seven. I was like, wow. I was like, they, like the Cardinals even show up like I don't know what happened there and then the Seahawks won in very unimpressive fashion against the Broncos and I'm not gonna lie I'll give the credit where dude Gino looked good that dude was slinging the rock last night like I'm not gonna lie or Monday night rather he looked good but like 
come on. Like I, I've seen teams come out, play good week one, and then they're not good. And I really, really hope that that's the case <laughs> this Sunday against Seattle. My only thing is I'll only believe it when I see it. Until it happens, Seattle is still a pain in our ass. I know Russell Wilson is no longer there, and it's mainly been Russell Wilson that has tortured us. Before Russell Wilson, no, it wasn't much of a rivalry. It was only when Russell Wilson came to Seattle. Now we got a rivalry. Now he's gone. So until I see it, will I believe it? And it starts this Sunday. Can we finally put this disastrous 3-10 record or whatever the hell it is over the last, like, eight, nine years against Seattle, can we finally put it to rest? And can we actually sweep these dudes this year? And let's try and get one this Sunday. Yeah, something that I think is ridiculous. Right now, the spread for uh, anyone who bets out there is minus eight and a half for the Niners. Shock. The Niners just came off a massive loss to the Bears and the Seahawks just beat the Broncos and the Niners are favored by that much. I, and we haven't beaten the Seahawks in like God knows how long. The I, Seahawks were over there last year, six and ten, and we, we got swept. We lost to the both who's times. a betting man, that's where you put your money if I was you. But you know what? Uh, as a Niners fan, I can't do that, so... But, but yeah, that, I just find that ridiculous that, you know, the Niners had such a poor week one. And while mm-hmm. Seattle had a great first half, they sucked in the second half. Still, eight and a half is a lot, man. So that, that's something that caught my eye originally. Geno Smith looked good. They wrote him off. He wrote back. So, you know, one of the, one of the weirdest quotes I've heard uh, in a while. So uh, good for Geno Smith. I'm glad that he's back and hit, having his time. Won the job over Drew Locke, which was another surprising thing. Will Disley, you know, he was uh, the big tight end when Russell Wilson needed a tight end a couple of years ago. He's back in there and leading the receiving team. Yeah, DK Metcalf had a quiet game. Taylor Tyler Lockett had a quiet game. They still have the weapons, man. But, you know, Geno Smith, is he the real deal or was that just a week one Let's defeat uh, Russell Wilson kind of mentality. We'll have to we'll have to see there. Uh, some big news on the injury front: Jordan Willis was placed on the IR, and Kamiko Toure was uh, promoted from the practice squad to the active roster. So uh, that's something else in the D line rotation that we will see. Uh, Daniel Brunskill, I believe, uh, practiced today, which is uh, good news. I'd ra- I'd like to see him in there. He's a guy who can play all three big positions on the O-line. So uh, getting him in there would be real nice, especially with the trouble we had week one. No, the last thing I heard was that he had a setback. So I'm not sure if he actually practiced today. Yeah, he's still out. So he didn't practice today. He still has a hamstring setback there. But we, oh yeah, sorry, my did not yeah. talk, practice day. Read that wrong. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah, we do. We do need him back though. That's not even a question. With how Banks played in particular. Burford, Burford was high. I didn't think he was awful. And then Brendel was kind of the same. Like they were, they were decent, but they weren't great. And in that, when you're facing in Chicago's D front, like that's you know what I'm saying. And they should be able to pass protect Seattle. And and like I said, I I talked about this two weeks ago when we're on here. Like this offense grow up fast and show that they can play well these first two games because when you got Denver and the Rams your next two weeks, like, you're going to need to grow up fast. Because when you got those at you, it's a whole other ball game than who you got in your first two weeks. And Chicago got the best of us, and that's not good. Now you got to see it. You got to be able to pass protect here. Give Trey Lance some time. 
let him make some throws and be able to protect, get out there, block, get these, like, our offensive line needs to do a much better job. And it's crazy because the whole NFC has offensive line problems. It's the weirdest thing. It's the Buccaneers offensive line is a disaster. The Rams offensive line got eaten alive by Buffalo. The Packers O-line was horrendous against Minnesota. And then our offensive line wasn't very good against Chicago either. So like the top four contenders I had in the NFC all have protection problems. So that's the only thing I can kind of go to say that. But I don't know, man. It's it's going to be an interesting game. Can we beat the Seahawks on Sunday? We got to limit the penalty all over and just play our style of game. But like I said, anytime I see the Seahawks on our schedule, it's just until I see it, will I believe it? And we can't lose this game. You can't go down 0-2 and then go to Denver on Sunday night football in the Mile High City. Oh, and like, no. And then you got McVeigh and the Rams coming in Monday the week after. Like, there would, like, there's already a lot of pressure. You're just putting a whole lot more pressure on you if that's the case. This is a must win game for the Niners. And, you know, you got to go out there, beat Seattle, put an end to, you know, bad voodoo that we got against them, get on the winning side. And then there's no longer a lot of pressure going in Sunday night at Denver. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the big things, if we don't get this win this week, you're going to hear people start talking about when do you bring in Jimmy G. No and doubt. again, I know that they shouldn't bring in Jimmy G. It is the Trey Lance era. But especially for a team with no first-round pick, you're going to have to decide when is it time to win rather than time to teach. And, I mean, I am always going to stick with Trey Lance. I think that's the right move. I don't know if he's necessarily the right quarterback after last week. Uh, Again, it was the first week, so I'm not really too hard on him, but he's going to have to have a big turnaround this week, and this week's going to be very telling. As you said, it's not always a must-win game week two, but it's close to a must-win game as possible. It's going to be exciting to see home again. Trey's first start at home. Uh, I can't wait to see how it goes. It's huge, man. Like they, they gotta figure it out. Trey's gotta come out. He's he knows that he's a, he's also gonna have to grow up fast as well. Like Trey Lance yep. is learning in the NFL. Like you know, you gotta grow up quick. And I know this is this is gonna be his fourth career start. But the more starts, you know, the better you get. But this first half of the schedule, you have got to grow up quick. Cause like we we've, we've been talking about it all off season since the schedule came out. You got four easy games. You got four hard games. You just lost one of your easy games. Now there's more pressure to win one more of those harder games. But you got you got Seattle first. Not only can you get a win, but to go 1-0 in the NFC West, that's a big deal. You want to get that one. This is a big one. Last year, I think we were 2-4 and four in, the, in the NFC West. Yeah, 2-4. and four. We got swept by Seattle and swept by Arizona and swept the Rams. We got to be able to beat Seattle or Arizona at some point this season because both of them aren't that good. That's that's the reality of the situation. We know we're better. We're a much better team than than the two of them. And the Rams didn't look good either. This division at this point, I'm not even hesitant to say it's wide open. It yep. is literally wide open at this point. So it's like you. Yes, we went out there and lost a horrendously like a really bad, ugly game to the Bears. But the rest of the NFC West was absolutely awful week one. You know, after week one. So this division's wide open, and you have a divisional game at home coming up week two. Get this dub. Not only do you get back on track, but you get a division game in the books too. Big game. Huge game here. 
Yep, huge game. Niners, Seahawks, 4.05 start, 4.05 Eastern, 1.05 Pacific. I'm very excited to see what they can do. It's it's as close to a must-win as it is, as you said. What are you looking for in this game? Who goes off? Uh, you know, I'm looking for Trey to go off. I, I mean, it's the obvious pick, but Trey needs to be better in the passing game for us to win. If Trey's better in the passing game, I think Ayuk needs to have a big game too. If those two are doing well, I, I think the defense will be fine. I'm not worried. I think they're going to be more disciplined. It's week one, uh, and I'm not worried about the defense. It's the offense I'm worried about. I think Trey and Brandon Ayuk go off and get us the victory. I like that. I like I like the B.A. pick. I'm going to roll with that as well. I think B.A. has a big one, and I'm going to go Jordan Mason. Has a big day for us in the run game. Nice. I think we need we need somebody to get going in the run game. I think Jeff Wilson gets the start. He plays decent. Jordan Mason has a big day. I think for us, and we 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 got to get this one, man. Not only against Seattle, like our defense got to eat Geno Smith alive. They have to. Like he's not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson will make a play out of anything. And the worst part is, we have to deal with Russell Wilson next week. So you bet, like you know what I'm saying. You don't want to go zero and two. And then, oh, Seattle doesn't have Russell Wilson. But then you lose to Seattle and you're 0-2, and now you got to play Russell Wilson, who is already a pain in our ass for the last 10 years? No, thank you. No, thank you. we got to get this win and then go to Denver and take on Russell Wilson Sunday Night Football. But big game here. Must-win game week two. We'll see what the Niners can get the job done there. But that'll do it for this week's episode of the 49-Away Podcast. Um, hopefully, we got a much better result next week than we did this week in like, please, for the love of God, like, we we honestly need to win this game. Like, I'm not even joking anymore. Like, we got to we gotta put our, our head down and actually get this job done. But we'll see what happens on Sunday between the Niners and Hawks. And don't forget to give the Niners a follow, or the 49er way, a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. And we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep a lack. We got a lot more off-season content coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.